Hey, welcome to the African Podcast. My name is Mikey Mhenna. On today's episode, we have another collaboration with Radical Futures Tasmim 2022, which is a design conference at VCU Qatar in Doha. This conversation is about future of the Arabic script, and we have two designers on Slate, Yara Khouri and Lara Kaptan. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Go to YouTube to watch it. And if you haven't told all of your friends about this podcast, I really hope you do. This is a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Welcome, everyone. As uh, Mesa said, this is a live recording of this episode in our collaboration with VCU Qatar and the Tasmeem Conference. I'm honored to welcome our two special guests. Uh, the first is Yara Khouri Namur, who is an award-winning graphic designer and typographer. Her research interests include Arab typo- Arabic typography, particularly bilinguality, type design, legibility, book design, modular systems, and much more. Yara is currently a, an assistant professor at the American University of Beirut and an independent designer since 2017 after a longstanding career of 20 years as a design director at um, <laughs> Design House. Excuse me, sorry. Her work is published in several international books and has, uh, has authored a book titled Nasri Khatir, Khattar at uh, uh, Modernist uh, Typotech from Khat Books, which we're going to be talking about later on. Also, uh, I'm excited to introduce our second guest. Lara Kaplan is an independent type designer and typographer based in Amsterdam. As a research practitioner, Lara strives to provide alternative, path- alternative pathways um, to designing uh, Arabic type, uh, typefaces, both in form and technology, in order to drive Arabic type to its utmost potential. Since March 2015, Lara has been designing Arabic typefaces for multiple technologies. She regularly speaks at type conferences and design events around the world. In March 2016, she co-founded Arabic Type Design Beirut with Christian Sarkis. It is the first international educational program dedicated to Arabic type design. Welcome, Yara. Welcome, Lara. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So the title of today's talk is, you know, the future of basically script in this region. So I'm curious, maybe we can start speaking to both of you about a really basic question. Do you think other languages and designers who focus on typography in other languages think about questions like the future of this language. So are people in um, France or in Amsterdam, for, let's, let's use Amsterdam, Lada, because you're there. Are designers in Holland thinking about what is the future of script in Holland? I guess always, and I think everywhere in the world, probably. And uh, well, especially here, here, they're kind of at the forefront of, uh, of the type industry in a way, or they have been, uh, and so, it's a human thing, right? Because we need we need fonts uh, now for all our text alterations in all sorts yeah. of mediums. So uh, people worry about what does this text text look like, and does it represent us? Yeah. So maybe if you can give us and Yara, feel free to jump in. Yeah. Just uh, let's remove the word Arab or Arabic from the conversation for a second. Um, and for those of us who are not designers like me and are a little um, uninformed. What is the conversation like globally about the future of script? I think as long as language is there and we're talking in it, the script yeah. is there to go along with it. As long as we're reading it, it is there and alive. Now, the question of whether it's uh, Arabic or not Arabic, um, I think it's a more pertinent question to hear because here we're having a conversation about the Arabic script in English. Ah. 
So yeah. you might think that uh, that the the language is go is dying because we're not using it, uh, uh, and thus everything that goes uh, and the visual manifestation of the language goes dies with it. I think I would go back to 19 late 80s when uh, David Carson said the end of print, or was it 90s? And uh, it proved not true so much. So um, it, it lives on because we read. Whether we read it on screen or on paper, it doesn't matter. So I don't think there's uh, any uh, um, danger in losing the script uh, as long as we still speak it and read in it and use it every day, even if it's uh, local or, or Fusca or whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So let's, uh, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit. Um, I want to ask you a question a little bit about your career and about the bio that I just read. There is this word that I don't think I've ever said before, which is bilinguality. Mm -hmm. Why is that the first word in uh, the list of things that you are particularly interested in? And what is that? And how is that related to where sort of the script may be going? I think it starts with our education system, of course, but I won't go that far back. I mean, I will start with my uh, career at Al-Muhtaraf. And um, I came, uh, I was educated in a Western-centric uh, university in graphic design. I actually wanted to do translation before, but when I joined Muhtaraf, I remember opening all the books there from uh, left to right, the English way, and they were written in Arabic. And then I, I would say, oops, no, no, it's the other way around. And by the end of a year or two, by the end of my second year, I was actually opening the Latin books the other way around. So it's a matter of uh, habit, okay? Mm -hmm. And reading more. I, I decided that I really need to read more in, in, the, in, in Arabic more because I wasn't reading at all at, at the time. I was really reading everything and using the Latin uh, letters all the time. And Muhtaraf gave me that opportunity to rethink uh, about my and be actually aware of my bilinguality, to be honest. I wasn't aware that I was bilingual at all. I was like, this is the way we talk. Flipping books right to left and left to right made me aware that there's something going on there that I really need to uh, consider uh, 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 in much more depth. Yeah. What are some of the, I mean, so you started uh, studying, you know, you've been in this business for, for decades at this point. Um, I love thinking about sort of past futures. Um, and so at the time when you first started working uh, and learning about some of the challenges that are coming around the bend, what were some of those challenges 20 years ago? And are you and are you and are we still working on the exact same challenges or have there has there been has progress been made? Well, I guess uh, I'm a generation a bit later than, than Yara, so probably already things have been solved compared to her. Uh, well, I hope, because 10 years ago when I started, things were, um, for me, a lot worse in the field of Arabic type, at least. Um, and, and it's nice to see that, uh, well, by a lot worse, I mean, there's a, there was this dominant uh, stream for Latinizing Arabic, uh, in a way, uh, that comes from uh, global brands, branding locally in the UAE and, uh, and the Arabian Peninsula. And probably yeah, exactly. Yara, uh, you're, you're a part of that. <laughs> um, and it's fine, like there are phases in, 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 you know, things move in certain ways. And, and we, in a way, we have uh, such a big gap, knowledge gap in the field of, of type uh, that 
it's still to me like a blank page that, that there's so much to be done, which is super cool uh, because it gives us the opportunity to dream, uh, to dream a lot, actually. Whereas if you're designing Latin, it's like, oh, yeah, you work on little, little details uh, and still things still change. But now it's like us. It's like, no, not detail. It's like major dinosaur ahead. <laughs> um, um, so. So for me, that was the main challenge. And then how to address that uh, was my question when I started. Uh, and it turned out to be, and I didn't know, uh, or I had a feeling, but a question, a problem of form and a problem of technology. Uh, but I didn't know how deep the problem of technology was uh, back then. Uh, form, I think we have, we have a beautiful past that we can dig information from and then deconstruct and reconstruct, et cetera. Um, okay, interesting. I want to go back to that for a second. Then uh, the, I, I want to go back to that sentence: the problem of form versus problem of technology. But before we do, Yara, if you can talk about the the, the question that Elada uh, was uh, speaking about about sort of the past futures and where we are now compared to where we were when you started. Yeah, I, I um, I'm not going to go into detail, and in, I mean it, it's very similar. There's not that big yeah. gap. Uh, it's very similar between the form and the technology, but I think the the, the idea of past future is great because, uh, and this is where Lara and I completely uh, coincide because I think that the past is our future and we cannot let it go. I mean, we we the design uh, the design history we read, and I just uh, read uh, uh, history of Arabic graphic design, and I gave a review uh, uh, on the book and the the past as represented in design history is the future because I, whatever we had designed our ancestors is designing us now as we live. So I don't, it's an ongoing process. It's a, a very iterative process and it is not the past. It is the future. So I, I like that past future tense now. Is it, <laughs> is it, but is it not the present? Yes, of course, but the present oh, now yeah. is the past already, and the yeah. future is in two minutes. I mean, I mean, whatever yeah, design yeah. is part of our cumulative uh, effort and cumulative visual rhetoric, visual uh, database. Yeah. Okay. So let me try to ask the question a little more precisely. I feel like um, in previous, uh, in some of the previous conversations we've had with some of your colleagues and some of your very close friends on the series, other typographers and folks who are interested in uh, typography more broadly, they'll talk about, um, you know, the, the 80s and 90s and uh, early 2000s when brands were sort of uh, matching exact style, uh, stylistically mm -hmm. matching, you know, this came up with the, our conversation about, with Wael about Burberry, right? When they redesigned Burberry, they were uh, looking at the way it was done before and and saying that was really sort of uh, breaking all these rules in a bad way, sort of maybe uh, maybe lazy. And so I'm curious if you're thinking about the the strides forward in the 90s and, and early 2000s. If you're looking at that, saying, "Oh, we have to get away from that. That was those were huge mistakes." Or is, is there something to have learned back then and sort of say, "No, those weren't mistakes. That was just a different trend, and that was a we we have to sort of go back." further? I, I'm not sure uh, calling them mistakes is the right uh, word. Great. Uh, um, I think um, looking back at where we were in the 90s and to early 2000s, when we were doing all those Latinized uh, um, logos, and I'm culpable of this, as yeah. uh, was, like I was saying, uh, um, 
we were actually thinking that we were um, breaking ground yeah. <laughs> at the time, you know, and uh, we were doing very modern Arabic. But uh, with new trends and people getting more into the history of the text and getting much more flexible with the calligraphy and, and seeing all the detailing and the richness there, I think we missed out on, on a lot of details and a lot yeah. of history behind us thinking that we threw it away just because of a technological barrier. Yeah. And uh, the technology barrier is not there anymore, so we're, we're fine. We can look wherever we want, but I would not like to say it was a mistake. It was part of the path of experimentation. And uh, if you look at history, design history, um, lots of mistakes uh, were, were called, lots of things that we read about today uh, are called mistakes at the time. But sure. then they go back down in history as something that is part of the development of the script, part of the experimentation, what you throw out and what you keep. So uh, it's like a sieve, verbel, uh, yeah. of things, and you decide what you keep and what you uh, what you throw out. So, um, and I yeah. think um, scripts always kind of reveal a, a certain the, what the, the context is. It's like in any visual culture, you, you we learn about history through, in a way, art and and remnants of uh, past creations that really tells us what's going on in society in a way. And it was a moment where, uh, you know, uh, Europe and North America were advancing uh, tremendously in terms of t technologies and, and machinery, etc. cetera. And, uh, and so us in our uh, not such great moment in history, uh, you look up to these places it's, yeah. it, and, and you see it in the form uh, yeah. it's, uh, in a way, which is also, you know, kind of nice. You can then look back and say, okay, this this was what's going on. Plus, globalization was at the beginning of it. it you know, it was also a new thing, uh, and then which means uh, it was also a new question: How does my brand reflect this global brand locally? Uh, mm -hmm. Which now it becomes an easy question, but uh, before, uh, I yeah, it's it's also a kind of a, a challenge. Still is actually. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I want to uh, get to these quick Q and A, and then we're going to open it up to the questions in the in the chat. Let's start with this. What are you reading or watching right now? I'm. I watched the Professor and the uh, Madman. Oh, interesting. Uh, on Netflix, and uh, well, yeah, watch it. It's great. It's about uh, somebody who's trying to build the Oxford Dictionary, and it's about language, and uh, and um, it's uh, live. Um, um, how alive it is and changing and they could never mm. finish it and it finished like uh, many way more years after the guy died i think uh, the cumulative effort of language is, is super important in that uh, uh, movie what i'm reading i'm rereading brave new world i'll just cool. again because wow i read it when i was too young and i think i have a completely different take on it now lara yeah uh so um Besides reading uh, What to Feed My Child and How, because I, just, I have a seven-month-old baby and I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also reading uh, Alexandre Najad, who's a famous Lebanese uh, writer, uh, Syndrome de Beirut. Uh, it's in French, The Syndrome of Beirut. And he wrote that after the Beirut explosion, and he takes a fiction, kind of a non-fiction. Uh, I'm at the beginning, so I cannot tell you much, uh, but it does start from the story of somebody who lived the event. And... Uh, and I guess he will deconstruct uh, our amazing reality back there in Lebanon. 
uh, uh, okay. in his grave. <laughs> All right. It sounds like the what to feed your child is is more enjoyable reading. <laughs> easier reading, at least. It's definitely easier. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Yara, who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? Well, the e easiest answer to that is Khattar. I yeah, mean, I wrote true. a whole book about him without actually meeting him. So I would really love to shadow him and- uh, Be careful what you wish that. for. Do you think- <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Nasr Khattar, definitely. Just cool. to get my facts checked. Yeah. Lara, what about you? Yeah. I would love to hang out with uh, Frida Kahlo for a day. That would, mm. that would really make me happy. Uh, I really uh, find her work Fabulous, and I'm sure she was a pretty cool, feisty woman. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, what do people most misunderstand about your work? Um, I think they don't misunderstand it anymore. I used to have a lot of trouble explaining what I did. And when I first started, it was always, I always referred to the uh, cigarette pack in your hand. I designed that, and that was the easiest thing I did, or the book you just read. And now I don't have to do that a lot. So I'm, I'm fine with that. When it comes to, design, to, to talking about the research, then I have some trouble because about bilinguality and what is there to understand about that? What is there to understand about type and how we read it? And they don't know. I mean, there's something they don't, people around don't understand how omnipresent type is. Yeah. And, and omnipotent. I like these two words a lot because, and uh, I when I start telling them about the details and they say, oh, wow, that, that is something, but that's in your own world, you know, like you're digging a, a hole deep enough for you, but let us go on, read whatever we read and go on with our lives. So, yeah. So Yada, before, uh, let me ask you a question. That young designer who in a cheeky way said, I designed the cigarette pack in your hand, what did she also not understand about the omnipotency of the work that she was doing? Oh yeah, I, I think I didn't understand at the time how much what I designed at the time designs us back now. You know what I mean? I mean- Yeah, yeah. with, not, with not great power comes great yes. responsibility. Yes, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, and every typeface I design, although I've only designed custom typefaces, I'm, I'm, uh, you see that um, people reading it and you, um, there's a lot of power that uh, has gone into it and you don't understand it until you see it. I mean, and then it changes the, the landscape around you. The more you design these typefaces and you see, oh, but that has actually accumulated into another form and another shift and another yeah. thread. And uh, that I did not understand. I was like, oh, I designed this and built. And I think we should really stop a bit on getting the job done only. And that yeah. is my shift. When I shifted to, a, a, to the American University of Beirut, I realized that, and I realized a little bit before uh, entering uh, academia that really I should stop only doing and think a little bit more because I'm a bit more. Are you? Are you? You said I only design custom uh, typefaces, almost as if to say, "Don't worry, I only design custom typefaces." Yeah. So, <laughs> like, it's almost as if, if like Twitter came to you and said, "Yara." 
I want you to design the Arabic that will be seen by a billion people who post a trillion tweets every single day. <laughs> I would not sleep <laughs> for a year, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of responsibility that goes with it. And I, yeah. I mean, looking at Dubai uh, Expo now, uh, yeah. uh, and looking at the typeface that is for the Dubai Expo. And Dubai Expo says this is the future hmm. of yeah. our, I mean, of our existence. And when you see a typeface that, and an Arabic typeface that goes with Dubai Expo and you say, is that it? Yeah. And you question, and maybe it is, maybe it's not, but I mean, there's a lot of decision when it comes to something like this. Like a yeah. Dubai Expo about the future of civilization because all the world expos are that. So um, I think there's also, it's not about Twitter only. You can look at yeah. something like Dubai Expo 2020 and say there's a lot of responsibility there too. Yeah. Lara, what about you? What do you think mo people most misunderstand about your work? I think, uh, at least I feel, because I'm not sure, but... Uh... Since I know for myself that I, I, I didn't make the work I want to be doing yet. Um, I take time and I do it in like kind of stages. I wanted to get informed and about the past or whatever I could and then make something a font or a font family or a few and then build from there to go further into what I believe the fonts should look like today at least um, and a bit tomorrow. Um, yeah. So I think that I People probably see me as a traditionalist sometimes. Uh, uh, at least that's what I feel, which is uh, I uh, absolutely don't think so. But um, with what's out there, yeah, maybe that's what they see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's start with Ahmad, uh, I think, is up first. Ahmad, if you want to unmute yourself and ask your question, let me read his question for him. Can we separate the work of Saeed Ail from Lebanese Christian nationalism? This needs to be analyzed and critiqued politically from a decolonial standpoint, to be exact. So I think we mentioned this a little bit already, but maybe, uh, Yada, you can just uh, uh, address it directly. This needs a, a bit... Um... Yeah. Deeper research, I think. I can't answer that. It's not. Uh, uh, when I read about him, he didn't come from that, but I don't know. Maybe deeper research would actually prove to be exactly this. Yeah. Of course, because of nation Christian nationalism also adopted that idea heavily, but I'm not sure that he himself wanted that. Yeah. For starters, it's definitely worth uh, exploring. Great question. Yeah. Uh, next question is Basma. Do you want to read it? Hey. Hey. Hey, Yara. Great to see you both. Thank you so much for joining us. My, I mean, I think you you both touched upon this. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I just wanted you to maybe to briefly talk about your Falak typeface, um, Laura, and, and, you know, because we were talking about this idea of modern Arabic and coming from a, you know, universal design approach and then, you know, ornamentation or excessive kind of design is kind of frowned upon still, even, even within uh, the, the region. Um, and I know that you worked on this typeface extensively and, and yeah, maybe you can talk very briefly about it. Is it possible? <laughs> uh, it's a ginormous project, but it was, Falak was to be simple. Uh, so Felak Ace, Felak OTL, because uh, another Felak typeface exists already. Um, it was my way of asking a question, how can I step one, one step away from uh, 
calligraphy. Uh, so it's a low contrast typeface, which for me in low contrast means I am moving into a more modern area while re retaining all of the qualities of the script, uh, but just one step away. So I wasn't gonna go all the way because I don't know how to go all the way, <laughs> uh, far away from calligraphy. So it was a project in that shape-wise, and in technology, it's so it's made in a very special way for two technologies: one, the one we use uh, every day, and another one which is invented by Dutch people uh, called DecoType Ace. And so Felak is made in pieces; it's like a puzzle, uh, and programmed that way. And it took five years for me to finish one font, one style. Al uh, Elbe, um, as we say in Lebanese. <laughs> How do we say that in English? <laughs> On the heart. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so yeah, so it was really trying to 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 tell people out there, especially the, the tech industry, listen, there's another way of doing this, of computing text um, uh, in a minimal way. And for me to see, is it viable? Is it possible? Is it uh, functional? Um, so yeah, Felic is a bunch of questions <laughs> uh, and Thank comparisons. You. Well, um, Lara and Yara, thank you so much for making the time, for being a part of this, for sharing your uh, perspective with us. Um, it's an honor to have you on the series. Same here. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Yeah. Thank you, thank you everybody. Enjoy your evening um, or day, wherever you are. And we will see you at the next event. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to hafikita.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks. Thank you.